thank you for this time. Um, and I pray that there be revelation, knowledge through your word and through the Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Jesus, that we get to be one with you. We thank you for your love for us. pray that you unlock hearts not just today but going forward in our lives that we understand and we see ourselves clearly the way that you see us somebody as you sit down. I got that for me. Uh, the kids can... Too late. Sorry. I know. I forgot. That's why I just said. I started to do it and I was like, it's too late. I'll do it in a minute. Once everyone calms down.
Jesus Kids. You guys can be dismissed if you guys have kids going to Jesus Kids. Rebecca is in the back. You want to raise your hand, Rebecca? You can go check your kids in if you so wish. Um, welcome to Jesus Church's third birthday party. It'll be cool. I think the, I think the rain is going to be away. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to, I'm going to share a little bit. Um, we're going to have some times of testimonies about what God's done in you guys' hearts. Uh, it doesn't even have to be in this last, last like year, but just in, at Jesus Church, what he's done in your hearts. I want to open it up for people to just share. I think testimony is super important. Testimony, the word testimony means do it again, God. So when we share a testimony, what we're proclaiming is God did this and he wants to do it again in us, right? So that's why it's so important. for. That's why your testimony, your personal testimony is so important because what God did in your life, he wants to do it again. And when we share it, it produces, it, there's something in the, in the spirit that the Lord does in that he wants to bring it forth once again, right? That's why it's so important in the Old Testament when all over the place that he says, make a monument, create, you know, stack stones on one another, don't tear them down. And when your kids see it, tell them what I've done because it produces faith and it shows if God, because God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did it once, he wants to do it again, right? So we'll have opportunities for testimonies. I'm going to share, we'll have opportunity for testimonies and then we're going to pray a little bit into the, into the new year um, of what God has for us. Um, you can turn them up. It's not going to be awkward. Just crank them. Um, you're in the front row. Where are you concerned about mics? Can everybody hear me? Do I need to get on a boat on a lake? Um, and then at the end, I'm going to dismiss us, but we're going to need everybody to step up and grab some chairs, throw them out there. I don't want to put them all out and get rained on, but I think we'll be, I think we'll be good by the time we're done. Um, so, uh, yeah, we will delegate. We're going to put chairs up, throw them tables up, wipe the tables down, and the food's going to be out there, and we'll have, we'll have the grill going. Um, so, yeah, turn to John chapter 6. This is what I want to share, and then, we'll, and then we're going to get into some testimony. So be thinking about testimonies that you guys want to share, okay? John chapter 6. believe like what the Lord is taking us specifically into as Jesus church as this house I believe he's taking us into a season of deeper intimacy with him and deeper connection in a body okay those two things specifically I believe that the Lord is taking us into a, a unity of the spirit that we have yet to experience in in the church with one another and a deeper connection with him I believe like and this is what I'm going to share on is when we position ourselves to when we position ourselves and commit to a body and we're all committed to one thing which is Jesus then there's an extreme amount of unity that's created in that place right people come to church for all different reasons but Jesus is not looking for you to come to church for any other reason 
than him and to, and to encourage and, and stir each other up in loving good works. That's why the church gathers. That's why we do church, right? We don't do church for unbelievers. We don't do church for anybody else, but the, the gathering of the saints with Jesus being the head, right? To encounter him and to bring our gifts to use with one another. That's why we gather. Any other reason is just, well, we'll get into uh, some weird places, right? Has anyone ever heard that, right? We do church for this. We do church for that. Has anyone ever heard that? Right? When you do that, you get into some weird places. Right? That's why we, like, we don't sing for you. We sing for him. Right? We worship him. We don't worship you. Right? That's why, like, we worship him. He's the one that we're here to worship. He's the one we're here to encounter. And we're here to encounter him in Michelle and him in my dad. Right? And him in Frank. That's what we're here to, we're here to encounter him and encounter him in Frank. That's what we're here to do. So I believe that what we're stepping into as Jesus Church is a deeper connection and intimacy with him, but also a deeper connection and unity in the body and the spirit that we have yet to experience, right? There is, a, there is a unity of the spirit that I believe that Jesus literally says in John chapter 13 that they're going to know, I guess it's John chapter 17, they're going to know you because of the unity that you share. They're going to know that you're my disciples, right? They're going to know that John chapter 13 says they're going to know that you're my disciples by the way you love one another. But he's gonna, he, he says in John chapter 17 that he prays that we be one even as him and the Father are one. That we be one, the church, literally. He says, I pray that you be one as him and the Father are one, which is incredible. Right? And I believe that there's a unity of the spirit that we're about to step into as Jesus' church, and this is what I'm looking forward to. So look at John chapter 6. I want to kind of go over this. This is Jesus after he feeds the 5,000. You guys ever heard that story? We don't need to read it. Jesus feeds 5,000 people with a couple crackers and some fish. And then Jesus sends the multitudes away. And then on verse 22 of John chapter 6, Jesus walks on the sea. We don't need to talk about that. That's not a big deal. Um, (laughs) John chapter 2. All of Jesus' head, like his mind is just like, oh, they're on the water, I'll just go see him. And just walks across the water, like, as if it's like, I just, I know I always talk about this when I get wrapped up in this story, but there's no, like, and I know there's a bunch of spiritual parallels and all that stuff, but Jesus just like, and then Jesus walked on the water and got in the boat, and they were on the other side. And I'm just like, okay, just like, it's literally like this big in my Bible. That much of a paragraph that he just throws in there, like, this dude walked across the water. It's incredible. Verse 22. But that's not what we're here today. We don't have a lot of time. Um, on the following day, verse 22, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except that the one which his disciples had entered and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they had ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into the boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. That's crazy, right? They came seeking Jesus. Right? All these people came seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the bread or the loaves and were filled. 
It says, do not labor for food which perishes, but for food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God has set his seal on him. That's incredible, right? That the people came seeking Jesus, but Jesus says that you didn't come seeking me. Seeking, He actually didn't even say that you came seeking the signs, which is actually not wrong to seek signs. He came seeking, they came seeking bread, and he's saying that you're laboring for something that's not going to sustain you and last for you. Right? But it looked like they were seeking Jesus. Do you see that? Think about it. They... They came seeking Jesus, but Jesus revealed the motive of their heart. Why? Think about that. Why? Look right here, verse 28. Then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Has anyone ever asked that question? What does Jesus answer and said to them? This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. Right? He's not, looking, he's not looking for you to do a bunch of things. He's looking for you to believe and receive what he's paid for and what he's done. Right? Not just believing in Jesus and believing that he's the son of God. Believing in him and receiving what he's, because he's about to get into it. It's like, believe in him and receive what, he's, what his sacrifice has done, what his blood accomplished. All these things. It's believing in him and giving yourself to him, right? Because belief is a giving of yourself to something. He's saying this is how you work the works of God. You don't have to do all these things. And this is what I want us to kind of hit hard is, well, maybe we should just keep reading, okay? Therefore, they said to him, what sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never what? And he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. Right here. And the one who comes to me, I will what? By no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. (laughs) So good. That means that Jesus not casting you out is showing you that the Father doesn't want to cast you out. Because he didn't come to do his own will. I think so many times that people think that like Jesus and the Father are like two different people, right? It's like, I'll talk to Jesus, but I don't want to talk to the Father. Like, if you've ever thought that, that's deception. If, you've ever, if, you have a wrong, if you have a picture of God that doesn't line up with the person of Jesus, you're deceived. You're believing a lie. Plain and simple. If you have a picture, if your idea of the Father God, like, I'm going to stand before God one day, does not line up with the same picture that you have of Jesus, then you are absolutely deceived. Because Jesus says, I came to do my, the Father's will, and if you've seen me, you've actually seen him. Does that make sense? That's incredible. Because so many people are like, yeah, I love Jesus, but like, if you put me before God, they have a little bit of a tremble in their heart. It should not be so. Does that make sense? Or they have a picture of God based on something that's happened throughout their life, but they said if Jesus was here, it wouldn't go down that way. It shows you that you're deceived. Does that make sense? 
right? If you have a view of God, like, okay, God did this, this person died, this happened to me, why did, why is God, why did God let that happen? But you, if you put Jesus in that same situation, would he let that happen? And we would all say, well, probably not. Well, okay, then when our picture of God is wrong, because Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he says, I've only, I only do what I hear my father, or I see my father do, and I only say what I hear my father say. Does, is this making sense? Very, very, very important. It's important for us to understand this because righteousness gives us a place with the Lord, but a place in a body. In the church, if we don't understand this, we will never have true intimacy with God, but we'll definitely never have true intimacy with people. It's so crazy because if we do not understand the righteousness of God that he's accomplished in us, if we don't understand that when we come to him, he will by no means cast us out, then we're going to have a church gathering with the same mentality of believing that we might get cast out. We're going ha- to treat people or we'll treat ourselves the same way that we believe God's treating us. Does that make sense? That's why it's so, 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 so important to understand that he's saying this is the work that you, that you have to do to work the works of God is believe in him. Because believing in him gives you a place at the table, right? And he's saying, if you come to me, I will by no means cast you out. Man, that's crazy. Because a lot of us believe that if we come to him with whatever the problem is, that there's going to be somewhere down the line he's going to cast us out. Man, he saves to the uttermost. But I want to I say also that we believe that when we come to church, there's all these other reasons why we're coming, and it's not just him. Right? Man, I long, for, I long for us to see that we just come for him. I long for a body that just comes to encounter Jesus and fellowship with one another while we all encounter Jesus. I long for that. I long for us to come for one purpose, and that's just to encounter Jesus. That's why his name's on the sign, right? Because Jesus doesn't want us coming for things that are not going to sustain us in the long run. It's crazy because the disciples had the same opportunity that the multitudes had. They ate the same bread. They saw the same signs, but they pressed in past that, right? Jesus goes on to say, he's like, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And then everyone's just like, well, this is a hard saying, and they all get offended. What we do, we start to, like, try to backtrack. Well, that's not really what I meant. I'm talking about hypothetically, metaphorically speaking. I'm about to go to the cross, and you need to partake of my sacrifice so that you can be saved. That's what Jesus, that's, that's what we would do. When people start murmuring and complaining, Jesus doubles down and says, I'm telling you now, if you don't drink my blood and eat my flesh, you have no place in me, right? And it says, it's so crazy, because verse 66 says that many of his disciples walked with him no more. And then he turns to his 12 disciples and he says, where are you going to go? He's like, does this offend you? You can leave also. And they said, what did Peter say? Where can we go? Only you have the words of eternal life. Here's the thing. We sound, it sounds very harsh, but Jesus is trying to cut through the reasons why we pursue him because nothing else will actually sustain you. You, ever, you understand every command of God is for your benefit? So if you look at a command of God that doesn't benefit you, then you're seeing it wrong. That's incredible. When you know he's good, you trust every command that he's given you because it's for your benefit. It's so crazy because there's opportunities for me to be, like look at something. I'm like, man, why did he say it that way? And then I say, okay, but I know his heart, right? I know he's a good father, so that means that what he's, the reason, like, it's so crazy. We're like, oh, the law, the commandments, the Ten Commandments, all those things. If you did any of those things, they would bring problems in your life and in other people's lives, right? And we're all just like, we think that they're like, like the Old Testament is this evil 
like, list of rules, and it's like, bro, I'm, I'm trying my best not to, like with Valor, I do it all the time. I'm like, dude, you cannot throw your bike, like helicopter your bike at your sister. You can't do it. I know you don't understand. You can't. And I'm not a mean dad for trying to do that. I'm saying you're going to hurt people, right? But we have to understand that a command of God is for our benefit. But this is what I want us to see is the reason Jesus is cutting through all the other stuff is he wants your heart in relationship with you, right? It would be a shame for you to come to church the rest of your life and just worship Jesus in this place for the miracles, for the, the food, right? For the bread, it would, be a, it would break the heart of God if you didn't leave this place and have a relationship with him. Does that make sense? That's why, he doesn't want, that's why he does not want you to just come for the miracles. Although they're amazing because the miracles point you to a person and point you to a relationship with a person, right? Like miracles prove God loves people. That's all, that's all miracles do. Healing proves that God loves people. There's no other reason why we need to be healed than God loves us. And, he, and if he loves us, then he wants us to be healed. Because you're going to die one day. He can heal your body, and it still has an expiration date on it. That's crazy. It's just for your benefit, right? It's so funny. The man with the withered hand, Jesus, they, they, they try to test Jesus. We all know, I don't know if you all know the story, but I'm just going to give you the Sparksnotes version because I don't have a lot of time. The man with the withered hand, Jesus says, is he not of more value than an ox? He's like, and if one of you have an ox that falls in on a Sabbath, you'll immediately pull it out or whatever, a donkey or sheep or whatever, one of the animals. I can't remember. Is it a donkey? a sheep. Anyways, you think it's an ox? Who thinks it's an ox? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it's both. It says both. There we go. We're both right. Man with the withered hand. Jesus says, is he of not more value than a sheep? That means that Jesus healed that man because of his value, not because of any other reason. Right? So Jesus steps in the place. The man's value is what made him heal that man. And we have to see that if we want to see healing. We have to see that we're, we value the person. And it's not about the devil doing anything. It's not about that this isn't right and this shouldn't be in the kingdom. That dude is just super valuable to God, and that's why God wants him well, plain and simple. Right? But that miracle points to the heart of a person. That, like, and Jesus doesn't want just a miracle to happen and you miss the relationship with Jesus. Right? He does not want us to come to church and just worship him and not actually encounter a relationship with him. We, we, say, we say it all the time, but I want us to see this. That's why Jesus, that's why he says hard things, because he wants you to press into it. That's why he says things that might not make sense to you. That's why, plain and simple, that's why he speaks prophetically with pictures that don't really make a lot of sense, because you can't just get it. You actually have to press into relationship with him. Isn't that incredible? Like, that's why he's just like, like when Jesus said, he's like, I'm, here's a parable for you. He shares a parable, and they're just like, I don't really understand it. But he's like, where are we going to go? Because only you have the words of eternal life. And he's pressing into relationship because he wants these guys to follow him. Not the words, not the miracles, not the signs, which are all a part of him, but he, they're going to miss a relationship with him. And this is what I believe we're stepping into as Jesus Church. It's a relationship with the head. His name is Jesus. And when we actually set up the lordship of Jesus, he rules and reigns his kingdom well. And when we have a relationship with people, that is nothing like you've ever seen in your life, right? Because when I'm sitting in the same place and Jared is pursuing Jesus just as much as I'm pursuing Jesus, then that means that his fire and my fire are going to come together and it's going to push me closer to him, right? But when Jared's coming for some other reason, right, to find a wife, 
A lot of people do it, right? Not Jared. A lot of people do it, though. A lot of people do it, but when they come, if he's coming for all these other reasons, there's a, there's a disunity in the spirit. Does that make sense? And God wants to settle that in our heart because he doesn't want you to get something that's not, even though a wife is a good thing. Proverbs says, if you find a wife, you find a good thing, right? <laughs> Congrats. They just got engaged and Cameron's like, yup. <laughs> that's funny. But no, right? A wife's a good thing, a gift of God. But you don't want to miss the, you don't want to just enjoy the gift and covet the gift and miss the relationship with the person that gave it, right? Because that gift will not sustain him in the long run. Does that make sense? That gift will not sustain Jared. He'll labor, dude, people labor for it. People labor for, for a spouse. They labor for it. But it won't sustain them in the long run. They think that that's what's going to sustain them, right? They think money will sustain them. They think a miracle will sustain them. I've literally watched people, it was so crazy. I was talking, when we were in South Carolina, we went and visited my buddy Paul. We were talking to a girl that um, they went to the send that we're promoting in the, in the, in this fall. Um, they're having it in Van Andel Arena. You guys can go, but come talk to me. We got tickets, but they had the, they had the event in, in Orlando. They went, this girl had cutting scars for years that literally washed away and her arms were completely healed in the presence of the Lord. Doesn't follow Jesus anymore. Let's go with the, I know, the scars. Doesn't follow Jesus anymore. Blows your mind when you think about that. Because we all think that miracles like that will sustain you, but they don't sustain you. Does that make sense? Like, you cut, you cut yourself, and then you have scars from cutting yourself, and Jesus puts new skin on your arms, and then you, you walk away from him because of whatever reason, I don't know, offense, something got in the way. That's because you're seeking him. That's why he does, that's why he's preaching this right here. Because he's saying, don't seek me for these things. Although those things are incredible and important. But that's not, that, that needs to take her to a place of knowing him. And if you don't know him, you have nothing. Right? If we don't have Jesus in this church, we have nothing. We're just entertaining. Right? That's why we do things a little bit unconventional. Because I'm doing it for him. I'm not really concerned about you guys. I, I am. But I'm not concerned about the way that, like, you, I'm not going to, you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying, though. I mean, just plain and simple, I'm not trying to, I know this is so funny, I'm not trying to, like, say all this stuff like this, but, like, Jesus has 5,000 people following him, and he cuts it down to 12, and we look at him and be like, bro, that probably wasn't the best message. You understand? Like, if all you guys got, like, okay, well, however many people in this room, if all you guys got up, that's probably, like, one person staying, in the sense of 5,000 people to 12, maybe half of a person, like, Stella stayed, you know what I mean? Like, she can't talk, she doesn't understand, like... And she's my daughter, so she can't crawl, so she's just laying there. And everyone's like, but what we think is like, dude, what did you do? But that's not what Jesus thinks at all, right? Because he's pruning. Right? He's pruning so that there's greater fruitfulness in the end. And I believe that, I believe that the Lord is for, he's doing it for the sake of fruitfulness in the end and the lasting impact in your heart, right? Do not come to, do not, do not just seek Jesus don't miss relationship with him. Don't miss relationship with Jesus, right? Like what Stacy's singing up there, we, we can't just sing all these songs and then not, when, we're, when there's nobody around, know that we're his beloved, right? And he's covered us with his love. And he's taken away all our shame. We can't, we can't, just, we can't just go through the church motions. 
Does that make sense? So many times we go through all the church motions and then we feel shameful and we don't actually know what we're singing about. That Jesus does not want that. That's why it's so important. That's why righteousness is so important and that's why the grace of God is so important. That's why he says, he's like, if anyone comes to me, I will by no means cast them out, but you gotta come to me. Right? You gotta come and seek him for the right reasons. You gotta seek him for, for who, what he sees in you. Like he sees something in, Tim, in, in, in Peter and all these apostles that they're just like, we don't really, pretty much what he said is like, we don't really understand what that all meant about eating your flesh and drinking your blood, but we know that, dude, you're amazing and we can't go anywhere else. That's all he, they said. And it's been so many times where I'm like, Lord, I don't really understand this, but there's nowhere else I can go and you're the best in the world, right? I long for a church that looks like that. And I believe that that's where we're headed and I believe that that's what the Lord's establishing in us. I'm not saying this from a wrong, from a wrong place, but I believe that Jesus is literally... If you imagine this many people in that room with that mindset right there, it wouldn't be long. It wouldn't be long, and then Jesus' kingdom would actually be super, super manifest in everyone's house and everyone's family and all their workplaces, right? I know that I'm speaking, like, kind of straight, but you can drink something and wash it down later. Is there any questions on that? really good you want to say it on the microphone that it's really good or <laughs> I'm just kidding Jana. no I appreciate it it really is it's something that like Jesus I was reading a, I was reading a book and they were talking about it but Jesus in the great commission he says like all authority has been given to me now go therefore make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And they said the main reason, the main call of what the church is called to do is all. Because all authority is his, go into all the world and teach him all that he's taught him, or taught them. I remember the Lord told me one time, he said, everything in your life will find its rightful place when he becomes all. Right, when he's all, everything else falls in line. There's not, there's not one, two. It's not Jesus, one, church, second, family, third. It's not Jesus, one, church, or family, second, church, third. It's Jesus, one, and then Jesus, two. And then he's three and four, and he's five and six. Because in that, everything else will find its rightful place. And here's the thing. In that place, in that place, can you, can you keep that baby quiet? In that place, I'm just kidding. In that place, you find a place in the, in the body of Christ, in the body of Christ, you're being built up. This is, Simon shared the scripture with me. You're being built up into a holy temple, a dwelling place of God, with Jesus being the foundation. But if we don't build on him, then we won't have anything to build on. He is the foundation, and we will lay the right one, right? When he's everything to you, man, you guys, there's freedom in it. That's why Jesus will not just let you come and have other, have other idols in your heart. Right? He won't let you just chill out and have other idols in your, in your heart when you come to him because he knows that those things right there are going to destroy you in the long run. So he's in the business of tearing idols down. Dude, is that your baby pooping? That's terrible, Simon. Go to Second or Peter. Second Peter.
Second Peter verse four. Oh, Second Peter two. Sorry. That's church growth, the old-fashioned way, right there. Verse 4, it says, coming to him, coming to him. I'm in 1 Peter, chapter 2. See, we don't have any prophets in the room. 1 Peter, chapter 2, we're going to read... I want to read verse 1, but it says, therefore. Verse 22 of chapter 1, and then we'll read a little bit more, and then we'll be done. It says, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. If that was our mission statement, we'd probably do okay. Right? We have all these mission statements and stuff that people do. It's like, we're just going to love each other fervently with a pure heart. I think we'd change the world, probably. I always hear people say, like, we don't need a mission statement when we have scripture. Like, good. I'm not against mission statements. I'm just saying. Having been born again, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God which lives and abides forever, because all flesh is grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. Um, the grass withers and the flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures, for, endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You ever hear a newborn baby cry for milk? Nothing is ever going to satisfy that child until it, it gets fed, Right? That's why when, she's, when Stella's crying, I'm just like, wake Taya up. It's all you. I got no milk for her. No, I'm just kidding. But it's true. And that's what we're supposed to do. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Coming to him, and this is what I wanted to get to. Coming to him as to a living stone. Rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. So crazy that Jesus is saying right here, or Peter is saying right here that coming to Jesus as a living stone, rejected by men but precious to God. And then it says, you also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God, or acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Man, that's good. You should underline that. You understand, like, if you put your faith in Jesus, there is nothing that you can do that, that will separate you from him. That's incredible. The only thing that can separate you is if you take your ring off and don't want to be married anymore. That make sense? He's committed himself to you. And I think that, like, in, in a body, I think it's very important for you to know that you're in. Like, you'll, and, and you'll always be in. 
So many people live their life, I mean, just the torment of living your life believing that you're not accepted by God when Jesus says, if anyone comes to me, I will by no means cast them out. Like, set your heart on the fact that Jesus paid the price for your, for your sacrifice, or paid, he paid the price in his sacrifice for your salvation. And that's not based on you. And you have to believe in that. And if you believe in that, there is, no, there is always going to be a place. Like, you've been joined one with him. Like I said, you put the ring on and the two became one flesh. And you'll by no means get cast out. Because when you stand before the Lord, the only thing you got to stand on is the foundation of Christ, not anything else. That's a good day. So many people think that they're, they're on shaky ground, and that's why they really never really commit in a body or commit to a family because they feel like they're not actually in. A lot of people go to church their entire life hoping they're in or going through the motions hoping that they're okay or really feeling like they're not. Please don't be that person. The blood of Jesus is enough to, to cleanse you of all sin. And if he forgave you of all sin, past, present, and future, when he died, because you weren't born yet, he looked at your entire life and forgave everything of your entire life. And when you put your faith in him, past, present, and future sins have been forgiven. That's freedom for somebody. Really enjoy that. Like you are in. It's not based on what you do. It's based on his blood. And because of that, you can be built up into a holy temple. Because of that, you can pursue holiness. Right? When you start at righteousness, you can pursue holiness. It's the foundation of the church. Right? Jesus says the revelation of him as the Christ is the foundation of the church. We start there. We don't work towards it. We start there. We start free and forgiven and changed. We start there. Like we start, Jesus literally kills your old man, raised up the new man, and we start there. And then we can pursue him and pursue righteousness and holiness because of what he's done, not because of what we've done. And now we get to rest in righteousness. Man, what would it be like an entire church is just resting in righteousness, producing the fruit of holiness because it's resting in righteousness? That's a good day. Man, enjoy that, guys. How many, like, I've lived, I lived a lot of my life believing that I was not in or hoping that I was in. What set me, literally what set me free is an understanding of righteousness, that he has chosen me. When I believe in him, everything that I've ever done has been washed away, and it'll never be brought up in the sight of God ever again. That's powerful. Let's look at the rest of this. Therefore, to you who believe, in verse 7, he is precious. He is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous life, who once, say once, once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. You have obtained mercy. You, you, you lived a part of your life where you didn't have mercy before Jesus. And now you've obtained mercy because it's in him. I believe like there's a foundation that we're about to lay in Jesus church that will be, we can really build on in the sense of there's going to be deep, deep connection with the, with, with the body because righteousness will be the foundation we lay, but there will be a sincere pursuit of Jesus in the sense of like what it says right there, that he has become precious to you. 
that the, the body of Christ gathers for one reason, and that's to seek him. And in the seeking of him, man, we become closer with one another. And we, he, when we set our face on him, we become more like him. And when we pursue him, we start to become closer together and unified in the spirit. And I believe that there's something that we're stepping into that is going to be a deeper connection with the body that, we, that the world hasn't really seen and that we haven't really experienced to this point. And I believe that we're right on the, the, the tipping point of it. It's going to be super cool. All right. Does anyone have any questions on that? We're going to have some time with testimonies, and then we're going to get into it. Does anybody have a testimony that they want to share? You do? Yeah. You want us to stand while we share it? Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so... Introduce yourself. Huh? Introduce yourself. Hi, my name's Tyler. Um, so, yeah, one of the testimonies I wanted to share was uh, Dylan had it on his heart two years ago to start a school called Becoming that we do. Um, I think they start in September, and it's just a it's just a fast track righteousness understanding course that he had it on his heart to do, and it was so cool because. Uh, Two years ago, I got the opportunity to, to lead a group and be a part of um, some of just the, the classes that Dylan was teaching on. And it was amazing because Dylan had it on his heart to have them um, imagine that they were uh, at a crusade in Africa. This is kind of intense. Imagine they were at a crusade in Africa, and uh, they had five minutes. And after the five minutes, they were going to step off the podium and as soon as they step off the podium, they were going to die. So he's like, share what you would share if you only had five minutes left to live, but a microphone in front of a million people. And it was so amazing because Dylan's like, oh, and we're going to blindfold you. And the reason for that was he's like, I'm, I, I don't want you to feel the crowd out and see what makes them smile, see what makes them laugh. And, but I just want you to preach whatever it is that's on your heart. And it was amazing because we had the Ross family with us. We had, who else? If I miss you, I'm so sorry. Who else was that? Rebecca, Judy. Where's Judy? Yeah, she's Luke. doing something. Luke. Um, yeah, we had quite a few people. And it was so amazing that when those blindfolds went on, people shared what was truly in their heart. And what was amazing was people shared their testimony. Everybody was crying. I think we all got to see how amazing the school had changed and transformed hearts to really not only knowing righteousness, but also knowing I can preach this thing and encourage and tell people um, some amazing stuff. And everybody shared their testimony. Everybody preached the gospel except one, and it was Rebecca. And Rebecca decided that she was going to sing a song over everybody in the presence of the Lord, like filled the room. And it was so incredible. Like, I can't even explain it. It was so amazing to see, like, all of these students that have gone through this fast track course to be able to not only understand righteousness, but also get to preach it and help people get set free. Um, and that was kind of provided through, through Dylan and, and Jesus Church. So, uh, yeah, that was amazing. Mm. <clears throat> hey, you're going to run we're going to run the mic. Anybody else? Louie's got one. 
Please on. Um, so I recently, okay, there's a few different like parts or I guess there's sections of it, but basically like the other day I was like struggling with something and like just something in my like mind and I was like talking to Josh about it and he was like, babe, you need to pray <laughs> and like let the Lord like kind of transform your like heart in this because it's been something that's gone on for a long time that's just been like challenging for me and so I was just like sitting there and I was like praying and talking to the Lord and it didn't really feel like anything was changing and then I just like stopped and was like I love you like I love you Lord I love you Lord and as soon as my like heart like set into that of like I love you I just love you I love you I love you I love you it felt like my heart I just don't feel like I felt like that in a long time where there was like real like I was looking at Jesus and like saw his heart for me and in that, I was like, wow, I really love you. And it felt like all those things that were going on in my head, like, it didn't matter. It was gone. It was like, you love me and I love you. Mm-hmm. And then today when we were in worship, uh, I just felt like the Lord was reminding me of the scripture that sa- he says, like, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And it, I like, you know, I knew that it wasn't like, if you love me, you'll obey me. <laughs> there was like, there was like his heart and that was that he was good and what you were talking about, Dylan of, like, when we trust that his character is good, mm. like, we'll see his heart in it. And so if, we're, if I was reading it as, like, I just need to obey him, I just need mm-hmm. to obey him, like, I'm obviously not seeing him. And he was, like, no, like, if you, if you, like, really love me, then, like, these things that have, like, hurt you your whole life, like, won't hurt you anymore because mm. you'll see that, like, you really love me That's now so and good. I really love you. And it was just really cool, like, I remember a few years ago, it felt like I was living in that of, like, I love you, Lord. And those things didn't have, like, any hold on me anymore. And mm. I was like, oh, my gosh. I've been so caught up in mm. trying to, like, do the right thing that I forgot that it's just about, like, loving mm. loving Jesus. And that, like, really is what changes us. That's, but, so yeah. That's awesome. Anyone else? Mark did it. Hi, guys. Uh, my name's Mark. This is my wife, Ann. Um, I'll try to make it as short as possible. Uh, we're pretty much long-term Christians, whatever you want to call it, believers, uh, about 25 years now. Uh, I've been dry personally for the last four years. I've been drier than a dry bone, and I'll prove it to you, and it's a testimony to God, and what they're teaching and what they're preaching here is incredible. Uh, in this aspect, uh, like I said, uh, I've seen every miracle, sign, and wonder. I've seen guys' heads put back on. I've uh, <laughs> I've seen gold dust, uh, whatever. I've seen it all. Um, like we haven't been going to church for four years. We're just, you know, we're believers. We don't love God any less, or Jesus, or the Holy Spirit any less. So then we started coming here just by a drive-by. We've seen it. We live here in the area. Uh, made some friends here. You know, it's been really good. Uh, my personal spirit has been renewed exponentially, incredibly, because of what they do preach and teach here uh, in this aspect. Mm-hmm. I drive to Grand Rapids every day to work. Uh, for the last two years, I could not make it through a worship song. I just couldn't. I have a, on my phone, I have 4,000 worship songs. 
I could not make it through one worship song on my drive to and from work. And that's the only time I ever turn on my radio in my car is to worship. Other than that, I'm always talking to the Lord. With that being said, over the last month or so that we've been here, two months, uh, Nate, I've been texting him, and we share worship songs back and forth uh, on, our, um, on my drive to work. And uh, the Holy Spirit in this place and in this place uh, has been I, just incredible. Mm. Uh, I don't know how else to explain that. Uh, the renewed spirit within me is a testimony to Jesus' church, Jesus, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah, so, that's so if good. you understand that. Um, I hope that uh, you ask me questions later, and I'll give you more testimonies and all kinds of cool stuff. But this is a great place, uh, and God is so good to us when we, we seek him. Yeah. And he loves us. So That's thanks. So good. Anyone else? Brittany. Hey, are you watching? You're in charge. You're looking at me. So, um, do I have to stand or am I good? Are you you're already sitting, oh, so Okay. So um a, a long time ago when I first started coming here. Uh, you guys talked about, I don't know who taught, but it was just like spending time in the quiet place. Mm. And that has deepened my relationship so much with the Lord, just spending time with him and getting to know his heart and what he wants to tell me like on mm -hmm. a daily basis. Yeah. And um, so I got to lead a worship service at my college mm -hmm. and that has been two years in the works with the Lord. Mm. And I got to t teach on like hey, the Lord wants to speak to you. He wants you to worship him and love him and know his heart. And the Lord poured out his love and the renewal mm. of like them feeling depleted, like they left being filled up. Yeah. So it was so good because like I got to learn that from coming here. Mm. So I just wanted to say thank That's you. That's powerful. You're welcome. Yeah. You stand up, look around. Okay, so last week we had a bunch of people pray over us for something that was like super timely and significant and we got three separate words on the same thing and it was just super confirming and really a cool way that God used the body for us. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. <clears throat> Anyone else? wanted to say thank you for the encouragement of like like that not every single Christian is meant to like be in ministry and like to look how to be Jesus in the world or your mm. workplace and like um, to really like shift your mindset to that and that's really blessed me over the past year you know being able to work in the schools and stuff like that yeah. and uh, like my main focus was the kids and then I had a really cool opportunity to like meet with one of my coworkers and stuff like that and so um thanks for helping us to just learn how to be where we're at and yeah, be Jesus awesome. in that place so that's so good anyone else marty 
My name is Marty uh, Bontrager. It's been, uh, we've really enjoyed coming here. Kind of got connected with Dylan, some of the other guys, I don't know, maybe two years ago now, year and a half ago. And it's just been so encouraging for us because it's like we found a group of people that we can run with, yeah. you know. And that's been so encouraging for us because I think for a long time we kind of felt like we always had to pioneer something or always have to go somewhere else for you know, the same kind of, hey, we're going this direction. So for us, it's been super encouraging. Y'all been amazing. And it's just, I'm looking forward to keep going. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so thank you. Thanks for everything. You're welcome. Any, anyone else? You guys can come. Uh, you guys stand with us. We're gonna we're gonna pray into this year for a second. Um, if you uh, so this is how we're gonna do it. We're just gonna we're gonna play some worship. Call them snuggles with Jesus. Um, we're just gonna snuggle with Jesus, and uh, we're just gonna pray into what the Lord has. If you guys have a word over this over the year. Um, a prophetic word, just come up, we'll uh, just tell me and I'll give you the microphone or maybe I'll say it's just for you. Um, I'll be the gatekeeper. And, uh, but yeah, just come up and share it with me. But if you want to, we'll have a couple people pray on the microphone too. But uh, I just believe the Lord's going to start speaking to people individually about your life and what you're heading into this year and also corporately in the body, okay? So, Let's just start with just beginning to thank the Lord. Father, we thank you. Just thank him for what he's done in your hearts this last year.
our time with you, Lord, that are just, that you just deepen us, Lord. Father, I thank you that you're establishing us in a purpose of why we're here. Not just corporately, but individually, why we're here on this planet in this time for a reason. And that we're here for your great name's sake. I pray in Jesus' name that you establish us in an understanding of our reason for being. And we don't let discouragement come in. We don't let apathy come in. That we be a people that are passionate for you and passionate for your, for your, your cause, passionate for the gospel. testimony it would be the voice like hearing the voice of the Lord more clearly than I have ever heard before that voice of truth that makes all the difference that Jesus says you'll know truth and truth will make us free those monument stones for me when I think about this place what we're doing here collectively would be those the voice of him talking about our right standing with him that's based the blood of Jesus, righteousness and holiness and sacrifice and sharing in his sufferings and these different monuments that we're going to put up together that's going to remind us of who he is and what he's brought us through. Holy Spirit, we just invite you here. We invite you to come in to just fill this place up and to overflow it. We invite you fill this place like the tabernacle with the smoke when it clears that all we see is Jesus Lord I pray that you will bind us and tie us together with unity that we will hear your voice Lord sometimes you whisper things to us in the night and sometimes you challenge us with a loud voice with an exclamation point after it you say rise up be whole to follow you and sometimes you just give us this little voice that tells us which way to go Lord I pray that we will be known as a people who hear your voice and follow you Lord 
that isn't always easy and it isn't always pretty, but that we just follow you. We lay it all down and we follow you. Holy Spirit, I pray for your purifying fire to come into our hearts, Lord God. Lord, that we'll be known as a people who are full of humility. That we love each other with humility. That we lay things down. That there's purity, that you purify us. Lord, that we'll be known as a people of joy and strength that your joy will make us strong. Lord, this next year as we go towards that four-year birthday party, Father, we, 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 we do, we long for the signs and the wonders that, that show us your heart. But with the purity, Lord. Father, just with the purity of the heart that sees you through that, that sees past all the signs and the wonders, that sees who you are, the revelation of Jesus. Thank you for it. Thank you for this place your name. Tyler and many other of you have just been so encouraging and you speak the word and I have to tell you that there are times that I feel like I've uh, talked to Dylan and my you guys know I can be stubborn and I can be a pain in the behind sometimes but in the most loving way Dylan says or other people have said and and mostly with it he said it today it's like you just aren't understanding it right and I'll tell you I still to this day sometimes don't understand it right I want to understand it right and I'm telling you that we need everybody here to just encourage each other to do it right even when we don't feel it even when we don't want to and even though we read the words and we see it we still don't understand it right and we just need to be with people that understand it right and call us out on it whether we like it or not and I have to tell you that last week when Stacy did I am your beloved I just felt like that sums up what Dylan's been talking about in the last year it's just that we are his beloved there's no way I'm going to do this but and I have to tell you, this week, when we picked the song, I was excited to be up here. I didn't want to do the verses because I like the choruses and 
the verses that went through it, okay? But I have to tell you, those verses are right on. It may not be scripture, but uh, so we've heard whatever, accusations of propaganda. We hear the lies people whisper in our soul and that, you know, that will always be forgotten no matter what we do. It's never enough. But in verse 2, it just goes on and says, there's no accusation in exactly what Dylan has been saying, no condemnation. This may not be scripture, but it reinforces and emphasizes everything that Dylan and Tyler said in the last few weeks and months. That they don't see our sin, they only see our redemption. And that's how our hearts divine, whether we see it or not, whether we see it and it's not there yet. That's how he sees it. And the song is awesome. And there's no way I could probably sing it anymore right now, but, and I'm sorry for crying, but guys, we just need everybody to encourage us. You know, we may not do it right all the time. We may not do it right, whatever, but we need to be with people that are trying to do it right, wanting to do it right, and encourages us and call us out on things. Like it or not, it's only gonna make, well, like you said, it makes you better or bitter, and hopefully it'll make you better. But, I don't know, that's all I've gotta say because I'm just gonna cry. <laughs> I just want to pray into unity. Um, just feel it really strongly. Lord, we thank you that we thank you that you've redeemed us. And it didn't stop there, Lord, that you gave us a new spirit. That you have baptized us in your presence, Lord. That that because of that we are all knit together in unity with your spirit and we are obedient as we listen because you have created your body to be one and you at the head Lord because when you come down and when you set on us as the head Lord things change the body it does not function without the head Lord so we thank you that we are so intertwined with tendons and muscles and, and bones, Lord, that you have created the structure to be so united, so together that we change things. But we have your, your spirit, your mind, Lord, and things change because we see you as king, you as our head, and we are led perfectly by you. Anything we do in our own strength is in vain. Lord, we can, do, we can do a lot without you, but in this house, we desire to do everything with you. Regardless if it's staying in one spot forever, Lord, if you're there, we want to be there. There's no better place than with you. No better place ever. We thank you that you're speaking so much over us that our identity is changed in you in righteousness because whether you're speaking it to someone else to speak to us, Lord, 
or you're speaking it directly to us, Lord, that, that we sit in that fact and we are a body of righteous believers of firm understanding of who we are and how we've been made pure. That each blood or drop of blood that you spilled on the cross was, was intentional. That because we've been renewed and our minds are pure, Lord, that with your spirit we have power. We're not just Sunday Christians here, Lord. We are ones that walk in power and purity, and we want more, Lord. We thank you for that. We thank you for more. We thank you for hunger. And we'll never be satisfied unless it's with you, Lord. That nothing else can, can compare. We thank you, Lord. We love you. and speak into something that I think is for this year. Um, James 5, 19 says, Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. And as the Bible says that there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repents than over a thousand righteous that don't. And I, I truly believe that what God is speaking over us and inviting us into is to be a people this year that turn people from wandering. God's spoken a long time ago about this house that you, you'd be able to come here and find the grace of God. Each and every single one of us are gonna be houses that people can run to of refuge this year before the coming of the Lord there's going to be a great falling away and you can be instrumental in somebody not falling away from the Lord this year I encourage you to take that seriously you know the grace and the love and the delight of God and you can give it to people be that person for somebody this year take that seriously stand in that position and be a light to them I just see all of us bearing the torch and holding the lamp really, really high and saying, this is the love of God. This is the acceptance of Jesus. This is the grace of God this year. Every single one of us, you come here, you receive it, you see the love and grace of God, and you go take it to people that are wandering. Let this be the year of prodigals returning home. People that don't know the love and character of God, they can find it in you. Okay? I'm going to pray into that. Father, I thank you that you're establishing us in that right now, that we know you. We know your character. We know that you're not the one that's going to put anybody out. You're warm and you're welcoming and you're a house that's, that's wanting people to be a part of it. We thank you for that. Establish us that in that this year. Let us, be, let us be the ones that are sent to the wanderers, the ones that are just erring across the path, the prodigals, Father, and let them be sent to us this year to extend grace and to extend love and forgiveness and mercy to them. Man, use us, Jesus, in that regard. That we not just be people that receive forgiveness and receive grace and receive love, but we give it freely to people.
let that be this year. That if there's a falling away that's happening, that we pull people from that. We, we, we rescue people from that and keep them from the error of their way. Let the people of Jesus Church be known as the ones that pull them out of the fire. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. If you're in agreement with this, put your hand on your heart. Lord, for those of us who are in agreement with this, God, we ask you to soften this thing, what our hand is at. Dylan said it today. Open this thing called our hearts. We give you the right to open up our hearts and say, God, do whatever you want to in this. Make it softer. Make it more consistent. Make it more diligent. Make it unoffendable. Make it willing to go any and everywhere, God. To step into anybody's situation and love them like you love them. Be in that situation who you would be through us, God, by making our hearts pure, by making our hearts consistent, by making us have one eye, not one eye, one, one focus, one focus, and that's to reveal the love of God to this world. Put your hands out in front of you. This is a declaration of saying, God, put into our hands the tools that you have for us to succeed in this mission. We're putting our hands out and saying, God, put in, into our hands whatever it is that you need in order to accomplish this. Whether it's patience, whether it's kindness, whether it's being slow to anger, not remembering wrongs that have been done to us by people. We ask you, would you put those things into our hands and let us run with them? Being a people group that people just simply look at and say, look at the unoffendable. Look at the ones that you can't shake. Look at the ones that you can't get to get mad at you. God, we're putting our hands out and saying, do it in me, Lord. I give you the right. I realize that I've lived a life of offense towards you and yet you didn't hold that against me. So God, I say, do the same thing in me. Make me unoffendable. Make my heart and my hands always willing to love the world around me. And to always say, I'm down to look like Jesus. God, you see the purity in our hearts. I, I hear somebody saying in their heart, God, what if I do it again? What if I mess up? I love what Dylan said. He says he's, given, he, he's forgiven future sins. Don't worry about if you mess up, if you fall. You remember today and say, God, my heart is still pure. My heart is still soft. My heart is still willing. Please, 
Thank you for not seeing me that way. Help me to not see myself that way and help me just run this race well. Just like Harry said, we might not have it all together. We might not understand it completely, but my heart is pure. And I'm gonna love this world the way that I know how. And that's by leaning and loving on Jesus. So God, do that in us. Thank you for doing that in us. Help us to stay consistent towards you. Father, thank you that this year we are going to chase connection. We're going to chase intimacy. We're going to chase simplicity. We're going to let go of things that, man, you're not calling us to. And Father, we thank you that you're just trimming away things that are not of you. In our hearts, in this house. Man, Father, and I thank you for a deep pursuit of you. And we bless this house. We bless this house with hunger, Father. We ask for deep hunger in our hearts. A joyful surrender.